meditation, 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 depending on the quality of my mind. You know, there's good days and bad days. I mean, feel like the waterfall of thoughts. Every now and then, a nice calm. Can't think of anything. This is meditation in the city. The Shambhala New York podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast, a podcast where we explore topics on Buddhist meditation and maintaining a meditation practice amidst living in a busy world. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Emotion is the Pathway to Reality. This talk was recorded in 2016. On the path of meditation, Everything we feel is important. The more accepting we are of these feelings, the more we can relax and appreciate others. In this episode, we discuss the way emotions can connect us more and more with our reality. Today we are joined by Elizabeth Reed. Elizabeth has been with the New York Shambhala community since the mid-80s. With a background in theater, dance, and photography, she was inspired by the Dharma art teachings of Shambhala, and for several years led contemplative photography workshops at the center. Realizing the importance of embodiment on the path, she became an Alexander Technique teacher and offers AT-based exercises in most of her teaching. The Meditation in the City podcast is hosted by the Shambhala Meditation Center of New York. Here's Elizabeth to take away the discussion. I think emotions are running very high at this time. I remember seeing a headline. um, Oh, the headlines keep coming, but um, our whole country um, is experiencing lots of intensity and lots of emotion. Um, it's a wild time, isn't it? Is anyone feeling (laughs) emotional these days? (laughs) Yes. So, um, our view here, I'll begin with the view that we have toward life in general and the view of humanity as we step onto this path of meditation is that humanity is basically wise, kind, and strong. Wise, kind, and strong. And that is um, deep, deep, deep to the core that is the reality that we are given. And uh, the practice of meditation here is to allow ourselves to sit down and slowly uncover those qualities, those innate qualities. So we are not trying to fix or change anything. In fact, we are asked to feel every single thing in our lives. Everything that we feel 
is important, is our humanity. And um, so in our meditation practice, we can be present with what we're currently feeling. Present with what we're currently feeling. And not to shy away from that. So as we do this on our own, we begin to feel more um, friendly toward our own energies, toward our own thoughts, more familiar, and there's a sense of acceptance. And not only that, but when we're not so um, frightened by our thoughts or emotions or feelings, we began to relax and appreciate others and know that they feel the same things that we do. But it begins with a very Mm, potent gentleness. We need a lot of gentleness toward ourselves to do this. There's no other way we can do it. We cannot just shoulder our way through it. We really have to be gentle. And that allows us to relax and actually look at our own lives, look at our own experience. So we began to develop sensitivity and therefore sympathy toward ourselves, sympathy toward everything we feel, sympathy toward our struggles, and sympathy toward others. So also working with um, feeling is very important. We we learn mindfulness technique where we're learning to work with our thoughts, to notice our thinking, to let it be. And sometimes mindfulness can feel a little bit clinical, like we're watching ourselves. There's that, there's that thought. But with feeling and emotion, it offers emotional connectivity to that experience. It makes that experience um, integrated and more intuitive. We could say that meditation is actually an intuitive experience, ultimately. It's intuition that we're bringing forward, that we're cultivating. And so um, it's the emotional connectivity that leads to the transformative quality of mindfulness. It's not just a simple um, ritual that we're going through, but there is a transformation that's possible through feeling, through emotion. So we can begin to 
understand that emotion is not ignorant, but it actually is connected with reality. When we're angry, usually something has occurred. You know, something has occurred that was wrong, in our view. Or when we're feeling very desirous and wanting to possess something, there's something attractive. And when we're fearful, there's usually um, something that over, is overwhelming us. So these raw um, feelings are connected with reality. They are a connection with reality. So emotion, um, literally the Latin is to move out, to expand, or to be moved, to be moved, and um, to stir or agitate. So emotion is a sense of being touched, being touched by our world. Therefore, we're not isolated. There is, a, there is a communication happening. We're touched by our world. And if, and if we're neither moved nor touched, we're not in touch with our environment. We're, we're disconnected. We are disconnected. So, um, emotion is the very pathway on which we explore our lives. We are constantly trying to understand who we are, how we fit into this world. It's through emotion. Versus living in an isolated conceptual world, virtual reality, um, we become more aware and more intelligent. And this is more of an emotional intelligence we're talking about. It's an emotional intelligence. Um, it stimulates our intuition. But we have this um, environment, um, a, a, an environment created around fear and doubt and um, inadequacy and speed, such speed of life, and also um, so much entertainment, so much input, that it's very hard to simply uh, absorb and make sense of all of this as a human being. So the environment is very challenging. And... Um, what can happen is that we lose touch with our own humanity. We just lose touch. And um, we are not happy personally and then it's very hard to have a society that is happy. And it works that way. So, um, also, feeling and emotion are necessary for a culture. Where do we get art and music and dance 
and and science. I mean, it, it comes from feeling and wanting to know and wanting to learn and wanting to express. So um, without it, societal, social values can disappear. There's not a lot of... Um, feeling moved by either oneself or society, and so lives can become volatile and full of aggression. And um, anger and addiction and destruction. So humans can become desensitized, desensitized. And it seems as though, to me, that's a good um, explanation of where we are right now. <laughs> and I think that meditation, as the way I've described it, is a fundamental act of being a human being. It's just how do we sit down and become human and stay human? So uh, Buddhist psychology will explore a little bit. It's very, very uh, subtle and profound. And we're going to speak a bit about um, how we work with emotions, especially the ones that are very challenging. So um, you could say that I'll speak about mind, which is seen as open, clear, and neutral, our minds. And also, knowing and aware. So if you could imagine um, mind being open, clear, and neutral, like water. And then you dropped maybe a drop of um, paint into the water, and that would... Um, add a particular quality and energy to that water. So you could say that is our emotion. That particular color, energy, it has a, um, a certain display and it takes on um, equality. Equality. And those qualities are very different. Blue water is different from red water. You feel it. You feel the vibration. There, there's a different quality. So emotions are an, an energetic um, experience. And sometimes they're called thought with a lot of energy. Um, so we're exploring thought and energy and learning more about our experience of emotions. So the, um, obviously, if we have no emotion, we have very little access to appreciating our lives. However, if we are... Um, overly agitated emotions, then that's, that's a problem. So here we are learning to um, 
those are the emotions that become fixated, solid. We can't shake them. They haunt us. And usually what happens here is that not only do they take over our mental space, they take up our minds, but then we lose any access to the intelligence of that emotion, and it can lead to numbness. It doesn't really take us anywhere. So there's a feeling of being stuck, of being fixed. There's no movement whatsoever. It's round and round and round. And the Buddhist um, tradition calls them kleshas, K-L-E-S-H-A, or afflictive emotion. Um, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, our first teacher here, called it neurosis, neuroses. So that's a simple way of, of acknowledging. So we need to dis discriminate between emotion which is fluid and open and not stuck, and emotion which is stuck and not helpful. So the traditionally it's spoken of as the five root clashes or the five root um, neuroses. So first is passion or attachment, grasping, aggression, ignorance or prejudice, jealousy, and pride. So those are all emotions that become fixed. The inner way of staying with emotions is neither acting out nor suppressing. It's interesting because we can kind of identify the acting out, but how do we do it? With, how do we feel it without suppressing? How do we feel emotion without suppressing it? Um, so... Um, so acting out is pretty clear. We want to um, get rid of it, spread it around, um, um, act on it, and maybe it's only time. It's only that we spend time thinking about it, mulling it over, chewing on it over and over and over. That's acting out, acting out, and. Um, Suppressing would be ignoring it or trying to squash it, trying to stop it, get it away. I, I, I'm not going to feel this. I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there. So we can learn to stay, to stay without acting out or suppressing. But it means we have to be able to stay with intensity, to, to bear a certain amount of intensity because those emotions are very powerful and very strong. But I watched you all sitting here today and I wonder how many of you, when you were practicing, were staying with something that was difficult, something that you would rather not feel particularly. But that is our opportunity in this space of meditation to really begin to feel it, feel the energy, and 
there's a middle way. So um, one way we speak about this is dropping the storyline. And I know somebody I know hates that. Don't tell me to drop the storyline. But it is basically removing concept from this energy. What is the energy itself? What is it telling us? Um, so usually um, the storyline goes something like we want to defend or protect or explain something. Feed, it feeds the emotion. She did this to me. Of course I'm going to feel this way. That always happens with this person. You know, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, there is a storyline behind it. So if we can just literally drop it, and one way to feel it is to feel it in our bodies. So go to your body. What is, what is my body feeling right now? My jaw is very tight. My heart is beating very fast. Um, I feel nauseous. What is your body feeling? Where is it? And along with that is, um, what does it really feel like? What is it really telling me? And this is the um, subtle and profound exploration that we can have every single day with ourselves. So if you put it all together, we have three qualities that we can use to explore. The first one is gentleness, that we do not reject our present experience. We don't push it away. We stay with our present experience with gentleness. We allow it. Gentleness allows. We allow that experience. The second one is nowness. And this is interesting. So we don't drain our energy by being preoccupied with the past. <laughs> drain our energy by being preoccupied with the past, nor weaken ourselves by jumping into the future, you know? wondering about the future, being, being seduced by the future. We're both sides. We are not actually holding when we're not staying. So without past, without future, what's there? Um, and the third one is inquisitiveness. And this is a completely open-ended, open-ended response to whatever is there. Look at that. How did that happen? What is that? And it's very childlike. But we can take it to that level of, I didn't know that about myself. Why am I feeling this? So it's, it's um, becoming curious about what is arising. And that is actually a very advanced meditation technique to remain 
inquisitive and curious all across the board, all the way through our lives. Because that is never fixed. It would never become a fixed emotion. There would always be movement. Hmm, what about that? So, we can be present and feeling the energy of emotion in our bodies and experience without returning to our habitual patterns, without immediately going to our habitual place. And that way we're not at war with ourselves. We're not continually struggling against, no, I shouldn't feel this. No, that's wrong. I'm a meditator. I'm a compassionate person. I shouldn't be feeling this. You know, this is a big trap for anyone on a spiritual path. Oh, God, I, I don't feel that. <laughs> I'm beyond that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm a kind person. I'm a gentle person. And you may be, but <laughs> we're very complicated beings. Um, so meditation and emotions... Uh, in, in our meditation practice, we're not trying to change anything. Um, we're not trying to change the emotion or our experience of intensity. This is the one thing we really, it's, it's like a muscle we build to stay with intensity. And relax. <laughs> Think of that. Relax. There has to be also a certain amount of humor with this because... If there's not, we're, we're not really uh, alive. <laughs> Humor and um, explore it. Explore the quality of mind. But on the other hand, don't encourage it. Don't encourage it. So there we are. Um, in other words, don't even try to figure it out. Don't psychoanalyze it. We don't have to decide anything. Like, okay, what am I going to do about this? We, have, we don't have to do that. This is simply um, staying with and feeling, just noticing. So therefore, on the outer level, we don't allow emotion to take us over where we might actually cause harm. And on an inner level, we're developing a relationship with our emotional life and our patterns we're getting to know our own patterns so um, with gentleness and nowness and inquisitiveness we're basically willing to stay awake to all of our experiences and it's possible to have a moment even a day of fluid emotional, a fluid emotional life that you're feeling one thing and then you're feeling the next thing and then you're feeling the next thing because if we don't fix it, we go. We have so many in New York City. There's so many things to experience in in five minutes, let alone a day. But we have to keep allowing. It's a good place to live to learn to do that. One thing happens and then another thing happens, and you just have to be with the whole thing. You know, it was uh, last, um, uh, last week, 
I went to a yoga class. I've been practicing Iyengar yoga for many, many years, and I went to a level one teacher at the local Iyengar yoga center that I didn't know about. And I thought, oh, I'm going to treat myself, go for this yoga class. And I walked in, and um, the class was going well. And But then I realized this teacher, I, I think she's really not teaching a level one here. She was very demanding. We were doing standing poses, and she was saying, okay, four feet wide. Everybody four feet. No, wider, wider, wider. And there were brand new people in the class. And we're doing these standing poses that are very challenging. And my, at one point, my, my muscles started to shake, and I'm a pretty strong person. I'm thinking, this isn't right. This isn't right. Well, anyway, I started to be very angry. <laughs> I go to the yoga class, and anger is arising. Anger is arising. And it's strong. And I'm thinking, okay, don't cause any harm. <laughs> so I'm leaving the class. I'm thinking, no, that's rude. You don't want to do that. So I thought, I'll start taking care of myself. I'll do what's good for my body. And um, I began to do that, and she didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, we, we, were doing, we were doing a shoulder stand, and I thought, I know at some point I can take so much. And I, I came down. She walked over toward me. She said, well, I didn't say come down. And I, I thought, I don't know what was. And so anyway, and then she said, well, well slide down, slide down, because I was laying in the bolster the wrong way, and I thought, so I sat up, said, no, not that way, and I said, I know, I know, I know, and that's as, as, as harmful as I got, <laughs> anyway, but I cannot tell you how much that, I didn't know I had that kind of energy that day, it was so strong, and so I thought, the one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the clock, this is an hour and a half long class, and it's supposed to end at noon, and so I thought, I'm watching the clock. At the strike of noon, I'm out of here. So one minute after noon, she said, well, let's set up for Shavasana. And I thought, we should have had that 20 minutes ago. So I said, okay, you know, I just kind of have to leave now. I walked out the door, and then I had to work with that energy. And it was so strong. I thought, okay, Elizabeth, drop the storyline, drop the storyline. Drop the storyline, drop the storyline. And I think, actually, there was a point where I, okay, I'm feeling a lot of energy. It's very strong. It's very clear. And so at that point, I'm almost home, and I realize that there's a parade coming down right in front of me, down Broadway. And, um, and I think, oh, parade. And then... And then I, <laughs> but you know, just open. But then I see, it's actually a, a parade of people with disabilities. And I looked at the face of one of those people, and I began to cry. My heart completely opened. I was so moved and so touched by this parade. And um, you know, there was. Um, some people with Down syndrome, you know, walking in a little group. And this, this cute guy was holding something. There's nothing down about it. And, but it was, it was the most incredible thing. And I was, had sunglasses on, and I was cheering them on, but I, I was nearly sobbing. And I thought, well, this is how 
when you're open, you're open, period. It doesn't matter what it is. But I think that that is an experience, a fluid emotional experience, that you, you feel it and you feel it, but you don't fix it. Like, I, I could, another day I could say, fuck this parade, I'm going home, you know? <laughs> it's like, don't, don't even, I don't, I don't want to, you know, but we, we get in those places. We get there, and we don't have to. We can let things change. <laughs> we can let things change. Anyway, it was a very, very moving parade, and I, I feel so fortunate that it happened. So there's a little bit of time. You can have another dialogue. <laughs> but just, you might, oh, yes. Well, I think that could have gone in any direction, you know? I think the, the tears was, was moved. But I do think I was available to feel because I had been working that way. That, that's how I experienced it personally. I was available to feel that. Because Intensity. Because you were already feeling intense. Yes, I was already feeling um, staying with a certain level of intensity. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you would like to have a discussion. We can talk, go ahead. What about uh, addressing the problem of the, of numbness, of not of what trying to look inside and finding a numbness, you know, numbness to shut down. So it's not a it's not yes. a problem of outbursts and you know, it's yes, a yes, of having an emotion. Well, you could look at that. I mean, really. What is it? Not, what is this numbness? You know? Everything and anything. It's whatever you're feeling. And if you're curious about it, there, another word might come. It might be... And even, even to acknowledge it, that I feel numb. So what? That happens. There's so many reasons it could happen, but not to psychoanalyze it but it, it's, um, it's something that we should not honor. I feel numb. It's also a human experience. But to feel it, you know. Uh, my question is how to communicate, or if it's necessary, to communicate a feeling or an emotion to somebody else, like in a relationship, like yes. you have an emotion, and yes. then how you communicate without causing harm, this, or do yes. you need to communicate, yes. or you just um, th does the person need to know that all, that like conversation brought all that up, or I just work with that, or if I communicate, how can I communicate without yes. causing harm? Yes. Well, it demands a lot of awareness from us. First of all, you can always say. I am feeling this. So you, you, you know, if you know anything about nonviolent communication, you never blame it on the other person. You stay with your own experience. That's a good way to start. I'm feeling very sad right now. I'm feeling very hurt right now. I'm like you hurt me, or 
It's a very different thing. But even that might be, if we know a person well, I think to look for an opening, like when we think they might be able to hear something. Sometimes we can sense it, they're relaxed, they're, you know, but we have to kind of know there's a timing with communication. I mean, that's the biggest learning in my relationship, knowing when to say something and, and how. It's, it's very, um, it's different for, for everybody, but it is uh, a practice. Yeah, but you can always say, I feel this. And there's not much, you know, if the other person feels threatened by that, well then, you know, I don't know. Then next time, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you wanted, to, if you would say something about, well, these emotions that we're talking about seem to make sense when you're talking about adults. But I adults, adults yes, are grown pe people. Yes, but I uh, personally dislike intensely <laughs> being the emotion police for children. You know where you have to say stop that now, or oh. okay, you're going over the line here, or mm. you know, like all that working with emotion. Mm. I find it very uh, hard to do. Mm unsatisfying mm. you know even uh, you know having to say stop or you know I mean training someone through boundary setting I find uh, unpleasant and there's a lot to be done usually you know kids get tired and stubborn and mean and all kinds of things yes and uh, great harm can be done on both ends. But you feel that just your word stopping is, you don't feel that that's helpful? Or is it just, uh, it has to be done? It sounds like when it has to be done, it has to be done. When it has done. to be done, when there's yes. a certain amount of you know, yes. voltage behind it. Yes. I mean, if it was just stop, uh, it would still have reactions, I think, of mm -hmm. various sorts, but any kind of voltage doesn't help, which means you just sort of have to be the blank slate parent, kind of absorbing, you know, mm -hmm. the other emotion, and often I'm not fit for that. <laughs> often you're not? No. no I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that. I, I can imagine. Yeah. It's a process, you know. It's a process. And then later on to find that they aren't telling you things. And you're feeling as though perhaps you stop them too much. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you do your best and let it go. Yeah. Really, you can't. There's no way. There's no way to estimate or evaluate especially in that situation and I think that's something that we have to learn to do as well well I tried I did my best and well you're right there is a certain amount of you have to do that with emotions too mm -hmm. you have to say stop yeah. don't go there right 
that's enough of that. You've been there. Right. I mean, at least I do at times. Anyway, good luck. <laughs> I think maybe we should end here. But thank you very much for your uh, attention. And maybe we could bow. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, we invite you to leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Shambhala NYC also offers a variety of meditation courses for meditators of all levels. Check out our upcoming programs at shambhalanyc.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.